everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Mr. McQuilkin. Hey, John. How you doing? Great. Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Thank you. I'm glad to have you, you on. Are you talking to me or our listeners? Uh, a little bit of both. I think it's important to not only acknowledge the contribution that you make in this podcast, but also to introduce ourselves to the audience in case this might be their first ah, episode of Power Athlete Radio. That is a great call. So Thanks, of- John, Power Athlete <laughs> founder and CEO. Thank you. I all too often forget that some of the basic things that you and I discuss or you know happens here at Power Athlete just seem old hat. Like, uh, you know, we just recently did a podcast with Kelly Starrett, and having known Kelly for as long as I have, I forget that things that we discussed 10 plus years ago, um, you know, and we've since moved on within these conversations are still very relevant to people today who have just found power athlete, who are just finding barbells, who are just finding training, or are running into a situation with their health, and now it's become something of contention, and now they have to deal with it. So... What's wild for me is having lifted weights, you know, consistently for the last 30 years to think that there's people that are just walking into the gym that are just ordering their first barbell that are looking at this figure in. I know people are doing this stuff, but more importantly, how do I do it and how do I effectively uh, not fuck around and waste time like we did? I mean, I think the Internet and in present day with social media has allowed people so much access to information that now you probably have too much information in your hands. So how do you sift through that? Power Athlete Radio. Power Athlete Radio. Especially the hotline. Oh, so we have this little thing called the Power Athlete Hotline where people can call in and leave questions. And if they're good and we dig them, then we answer them. So if you're interested in sending us a question, we can text it. You can leave a voicemail. I personally like the voicemails better. 929-464-464. 929-ing-ing. Zero. Yeah. Real easy to get a hold of. Power Athlete Radio Hotline is always open. It's always hot, and we are excited to answer your questions. So let's dive in and see what one of our loyal listeners has submitted for us to discuss today. The analogy for today's call is a check engine light. Imagine Mm -hmm. you're driving around in a highly functioning vehicle, and all of a sudden this little light comes on. What if you don't have any lights on your vehicle? You must drive a 1986 Chevy K30. Well, I was going to say the way that you know that maybe you're having a couple issues is you get your oil changed regularly. Uh Uh-huh. And what do the guys say to you? Hey, this thing doesn't look like it's leaking, but you're down a few quarts. And now I need to take special attention. You got to top off the oil. Make sure you uh always have oil. So I only get nervous with old cars when they stop leaking. So when they're leaking, I know that like... There's oil in there. It's coming out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, if you have a car that's leaking and then it stops leaking, that's bad because you've effectively run out of oil, a.k.a. the Luke Summers. <laughs> that's right. So as you guys <laughs> might have known, I had this badass 1998 uh, Unicorn Dodge 2500 short bed extra cab with the swing outdoor NB4500 12-valve P-pump, no electronics, Total hybrid, like new body style, new everything, old motor transmission. I hunted for that truck for years. Uh, in a uh, moment and within the desperation of a lot of things, I let Luke purchase it. And he uh, he hits me up and he's like, hey, uh, I blew up the turbo. So, you know, obviously it's a 12-valve P-pump. Tur- turbo goes bad. 
So drag it to the shop, go get him a new turbo, hook it up. Uh, second turbo goes bad. Well, of course, you know, Luke, um, you know, DJ screwed something up, didn't do something right. We bring it back, we check the oil, and there's no oil on the dipstick. So what had happened is Luke had effectively run the engine so low on oil that the turbo, which is cooled and run by oil from the motor, basically didn't have any uh, oil and seized. So what did we do? We put another turbo on it, filled it up with oil, and surprisingly it didn't have any blow-by and continued to work. And sold it. And sold it, <laughs> which I'm most upset about because I should have just bought it back, but I can't yeah, what are you I, do? I can't keep them all. But man, that's a badass truck. It, uh, yeah, the I unicorn. S- I saw it up in... Uh, the one I or saw, a unicorn? No, I saw Luke's or my old truck. We were driving up to Colorado and we drove through Amarillo and I saw it Get the hell as out of I town. was driving in Amarillo. The Get the re- hell out of Dodge. And the reason I know is because I rhino-lined the whole rocker, and then I actually brought the rhino-lining in the back because uh, um, I hate rock chips on the rockers. And so we rhino-lined, black rhino-lined around the rockers and the ba- and uh, uh, the rockers, I, I guess the bottom portion of the bed. And all of a sudden I see this white, short bed, 98, 12 valve coming at me, and... The guy didn't even change the bumpers. It was exactly as I saw it because you remember the bumper got all mismatched, uh-huh. and um, you know just because Dodge has shitty fitment. But I saw it drove by, and I was like, "She looks good." Did you shed a tear? I did. Uh, I, and then I, I texted DJ, and DJ was crying because DJ always loved that truck and wanted it. But um, long story short, we will forever go down the rabbit hole talking about cars and whatnot. So if you always mm-hmm. have questions about cars. Especially we take shitty those. old pickups, you're more than welcome to, to launch into it. Well, the oil change analogy is for us as people and what, checking our oil. What do you think in terms of checking oil? You're a big 3,000-mile guy. Uh, well, I, yes, because I can't afford for this truck not to go run. So <laughs> I adhere to as many different uh, recommendations as possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it uh, for older diesels, three to 5,000 is ideal. Uh, the newer diesels, I bet you you could do it every 10, but I'm, I just oh, don't do that just because uh, they're so efficient. Like, I know when I change the oil in, my, in, uh, in, in the GMC, like, I always ask to see, like, hey, when the guys are draining the oil, I always want to see what it looks like. Shit look brand new. Ah, well, yeah, I observe as well. And mine was jet black and well, missing a few quarts. It's because uh, old diesels, a lot of exhaust and a lot of just, you know, issues are getting in there. So, I mean, like the, uh, like if you ever change the oil in like a 12 valve, like, you know, original type Cummins, it's fucking black. It'll stain your hands. So, I mean, the new diesels are super clean. So it's, uh, it's really, they've really done a lot of good stuff. So let's get into our speaking the oil stuff. <laughs> a lot Voicemail. of awkward transitions. I know. I'm trying. All right. Ready, ready. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, guys. This is Bryn Heron up in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm a longtime listener, second-time caller, and have a question uh, with regards to blood work. I know John talks about getting his blood work checked uh, very regularly and something that's been on my somewhat to-do list, uh, and I've been having some weird illness stuff that's really sort of escalated the need uh, to get that done. And uh, I checked into Causenta um, per the recommendation of Samantha Flattery and realized that uh, it's just a little bit outside my price range. So I uh, wanted to get your takes on uh, alternatives to getting blood work 
checked, um, mainly what type of uh, blood work needs to be done and what main markers to look for, uh, possible uh, solutions for cost effectiveness with regard to that, and uh, what to look for in someone to interpret those, those results and making the corrective measures. Um, I will be sending a email um, with regards to this that has a little bit more detailed information on that, so I'm not on the phone too long, but uh, appreciate your help and take on that. Uh, I know it's a lot to unpack, but uh, definitely appreciate it and wanted to say thanks for all you guys do. Love it all, and um, thanks to the programming gnomes to getting back on track with uh, releasing the grindstone workouts on Friday evening. Definitely helps out my schedule and getting uh, back with the movie recommendations on Friday, which is totally awesome. Right. And uh, <clears throat> regards to that, the uh, on the phone. zombie movie recommendation, I cannot speak highly enough of the movie One Cut of the Dead. It is a awesome right. zombie movie. It is not your typical zombie movie. starts slow and super weird, uh, but totally worth sticking with it, and it is totally awesome. So, thanks, guys. I uh, appreciate it. hope to hear from you. Thanks. I have pulled up his email if we need mm. more information. Uh, I don't think that'll be necessary. Okay. Um, so, ironically, uh, Cosenta has a free consultation. So, if you go to Cosenta.com and you have a free consultation. So, I don't know. He checked into it and the free consultation was too expensive. I'm not sure. But let's, let's so, uh, uh, lay just, the ground Just to throw Cosenta. that out. But, um, yeah. So, uh, Dr. Tom Inkledon, who I've worked with, um, you know, from 2002, early in my NFL career, and still to this day, I've known him 20 years and uh, has done all of my blood work for the last 20 years and uh, has been just a lifesaver. What I didn't want to do is exactly what's happening to this guy, where all of a sudden you get to a point where now you're forced to you know, deal with some problems that you didn't know were underlining. I like to be able to see what's happening over time. And I think the interesting thing with blood work is it's a single snapshot in time. So like this is on this day at this moment, this is what I looked like within my physiology. And that can change by the minute. I mean, I've been tracking my blood glu glucose on a, uh, uh, was it um, constant glucose meter? And it's pretty amazing to see like the changes in blood sugar based on diet, based on sleep and a bunch of other factors. If you go to bed at nine versus midnight, if you, you know, and there's all these pretty amazing factors and you go get your blood work done and they do a fasted blood glucose. And that number is a fixed number. Now, I have not woken up in the last two months. I've been doing it with the exact same facet blood glucose. Sometimes it's in 70, sometimes it's 109. So that day you get a snapshot. Now, the interesting thing with blood work is when you have that snapshot, let's say every six months for 20 years, now all of a sudden you can see trends over time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like looking at a, um, you know, hey, I'm going to look at Bitcoin today and see that Bitcoin's at $32,000 of Bitcoin. But if I go back to this time last year when it was 9,000 or even I go to March of last year, at, you know, when uh, um, right around St. Patrick's Day when it was 4,000 or if I go back to 2012 when it was 4 cents and then you look at like these trends over time, if you just dropped in and saw Bitcoin today, you'd be like 32,000. But a few months ago, it was 60,000. Mm -hmm. So like I think... Uh, that analogy is a pretty good one for blood work is 
you can't look at this stuff within just a snapshot. You have to look at it as a trend over time. Now, if you're this individual and you are in a position where you're calling into the hotline and asking questions about blood work, when we had, I did a talk to me Johnny post, I'll tell you how long ago this was, in 2012, so almost 10 or nine years ago. It is a long road. Called blood work, where I've outlined exactly what this guy is asking for in terms of the testing. Now, here's the issue you're going to run into. You're going to try to basically hack this and do it the cheap way, which is what I don't recommend because when it comes to your health, I would tend to spend a little bit extra on that side and then cut back on other things like not going out to dinner, not drinking, maybe not taking a vacation, but then spending the money on maybe getting some good blood work done so I can effectively live a long and healthy life. But if you're interested in what to ask for, you can go to the talktomejohnny.com backslash blood work. And I I had Tom actually lay down everything to get done. Now, obviously, this is the basics that you want to get done. Now, the problem is you're going to go to your doctor and you're going to say, hey, this is the list of stuff I want to do. And he's going to be like, no, I don't have any reason to prescribe that. This is the panel that I'm going to give you. It's a standard uh, blood work panel, which looks like, um, uh, you know, basic hormone. And you're also going to do some thyroid type stuff and maybe... um, just routine, routine type stuff. It's going to be like a CBC, which is going to check uh, white blood cell, red blood cell, and a few different components, platelets, and then you're going to get some other stuff. So it's going to be very, very basic in what it's doing and not necessarily a very, very deep dive. Um, Since I met Tom years ago, we went from a a more basic panel into something that's super advanced. Uh, Last year, we just did the Vibrant America panel, which is a little more pricey. I ended up with like 458 pages of information and it was everything from like tumor and cancer markers to the, I mean, it was every single marker that they have available within their testing. And then you can go through and start kind of like knocking stuff out. Like we were talking about like melanomas and cancer, you know, is it something that's prevalent in the body? No. And you can start kind of, uh, you know, dropping things out and see what's actually more of an issue. So I prefer to do that type of stuff because I don't want to be 50 years old and all of a sudden, and um, I mean, this happens, geez, it just happened the other day. I I was talking to a friend uh, whose friend, exact same thing, went for his yearly checkup, prostate the size of a a grapefruit, having all these issues. I mean, they they start running all this blood work, his PSA numbers through the roof. I mean, you know, estradiol, you know, like all of these issues. And I'm like, well, where have you been for the last 10 years? Like this stuff just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. quickly. So the problem is, is it's a lot easier just to stick your head in the sand and then not deal with this stuff until it becomes an issue. But at that point, you're already behind the eight ball. I want to, I want to try to head things off ahead of time and be proactive. And can't that potential cost be greater for when you got to and more drastic? Every time I'm cheap, it ends up costing me more money to go back and fix the issues. Like that's been like a predominant thing in my life where anytime I've ever cheaped out on anything, it'll end up coming back to bite me in the ass and end up causing me more money in the long run. I'm trying to think of that quote where it's like, not done right, then you got to pay for it the second time. Uh, dude, it sucks. I mean, I've, I've done it with uh, a million different things where you're like, oh, I'll do this to save money. Um, you know, And sometimes it's worth paying what somebody's asking and not asking for a deal because you want the best service. Uh, so like I said, uh, Tom Inkledon, world-class, they have a free consult. 
if you want to go in there and book it and ask him these questions. And, um, you know, he's pretty upfront with his pricing. Is it the cheapest? No. But at the end of the day, like uh, when it comes to my health, that's the one place I don't want to be cheap. Like I'll, you know, get on Expedia and look at airline flights and be like, all right, well, this one's better. This one's, and I'll, I'll do a kind of a cost benefit analysis. But when it comes to my health, like there's two things that I'm kind of, uh, or I will definitely say are, are like hard lines for me. One is I uh, don't eat cheap food. So I always make sure that I feed my kids the highest quality I can, whether it be, you know, stay classy meats or any of the people that we've worked with. Like that's the stuff I want to feed my family because it's the stuff I want to eat. Um, the other one, I, I don't buy cheap tires. I don't, it's just, it's literally, I will not buy cheap tires. If you notice, I always have nice tires, everything. Like if they get worn down, I rotate my tires and I always put nice tires on. I don't buy cheap tires and I don't skimp out on any of the, the health testing and the blood work stuff. Yeah. My first domino to fall for blood work was me 2017. My 33 year old sister at the time. She pregnant and then with her first son, and then she went to the doctor and had to get, uh, she had cancer, skin cancer on her pregnant belly. Mm. So then here we are month eight or so that she had to go in for surgery to get that taken care of without disrupting or affecting her kid. Wow. So then I'm like, okay, I'm two years younger than her. So then I was like, all right, just freaking go so i went for the first time to dr tom and then got full and then they had the option for checking for uh hormones and biomarkers for skin cancer Mm -hmm. um so then threw that in there and then now i go every two years out to arizona to make a trek but um i mean as i age i will most likely increase that yeah so uh, i go out there once a year and then i'll have them just write me a script and i go someplace local so we do like a full deal once a year i take my wife i take the kids and uh, and then the other one is they just send scripts and then we just go to the local place and, and do a blood draw and then I'll do a, a consult over the phone. Um, for me, the exact same deal. My dad, um, you know, passed away from, from stomach and liver cancer. Uh, for years um, before that, he, he had his prostate removed because he had prostate cancer. And then for years, he always was getting the skin cancer thing off of, his, off of his face. You know, growing up in Southern California, driving with the window down, elbow out. He got skin cancer on the left side of his face. So he dealt with that for, geez, for years. I mean, he, he'd have to like go in. They'd have to open this thing up and remove it. And uh, it wasn't necessarily cancerous, but something was growing in there. Mm-hmm. So he dealt with that. I know he had some few things moved off his face. And so for me... You know, playing in the NFL, being out in the sun, doing all the stuff we do, not being able to wear any any protection, like it was always an issue. So there's certain things like those markers where you're now um, aware of your family's history. Like if uh, Alzheimer's is uh, prevalent in your family, have you got some genetic testing done? Are they looking at any of the markers that they see for dementia and Alzheimer's? That's another big one. So getting some genetic stuff and seeing if you have a genetic propensity towards stuff. Like, um, you know, type 1 diabetes is an example. Do you have the genes associated with that? And then is this something that, you know, maybe proactively you're, you're kind of going after? So I think that there's kind of a blend of, uh, you know, getting some genetic work done, seeing what you have a propensity towards, and then seeing things in real time and getting some blood work done. So, I mean, we've, we've had this list up for 10 years. Uh, a ton of people have, have hit us on it, and I always go back like, hey, this is the, the minimum you need to get done. But I think what's amazing is in the last 10 years, the technology has gotten so far advanced that 
basically off of just a few vials, they can pull a ton of tests. So they don't need the volume of blood. Before the first time that um, uh, I met Tom, I think he took 40 vials of blood off of me. I was there for like, uh, like in a parking lot or something. No, nah, I was at his house. Oh. So Tom's <laughs> clinic was out of his house when he first started. And so I'm in his kitchen and he's basically like uh, the vampire just stealing blood from me. So, um, that was the first one, but now what's pretty amazing is like now they can do, you know, 10 times the amount of testing off of a 10th of the blood. Mm. So it's, uh, this vibrant America panel, um, we got it done and then we just went over all the stuff on it and it's dude, it's incredible just to see the information and to start just ruling things out. Like, are, is this an issue? Is this not an issue? What does this look like? Um, and I think the issue is trying to be like eventually as, as, as let me see how I put this as much as we want to believe that science will extend our lives. And, uh, I think, who was it? Um, was it Michael Rose that talked about aging is just a technology problem? Well, maybe so, but there's definitely an expiration on the human body. Like you take a look at like, like the difference between 20 and 30 and 40 versus 40, 50 and 60 and 60 and 70 and 80. And then you see people get into like 80, 90, 100, like how fast they start deteriorating as time. I mean, we definitely have an expiration date. Now, uh, you might be able to extend that expiration date a little bit. But what I'm searching for is I want the highest quality. I want the highest amount of performance. I want to be the healthiest, strongest up until the point where I'm not. So I always think like, is it better to live to 90, but, you know, be frail for 20 or 30 years? Or do you live to, you know, 75 or, you know, 80 years old and be able to fucking kick doors in up until the last day of your life? I'll take the latter. Burnout. Fade better away. than burnout and fade away. Yeah, that's the Highlander. So um, with s- some more context to support that statement uh gentleman had a mysterious illness flu-like symptoms extreme fatigue and felt like death for six to ten weeks Ooh, it sounds like cedar fever yeah i don't know where he's based so i mean feeling that awful for that long like no i mean if um like I know when I uh, went down and cut all those trees down and got zapped with all that mold and cedar stuff, I was praying I had COVID. He says he tested negative for COVID. Yeah, well, I dude, I tested negative like three times. I went and I kept getting tested because I was Please. like, dude, this fucking has to be COVID. And uh, it came back negative every time. I never had the antibodies. I did all like the PCR tests. I did the other test, did the swab, and zero. And like that was the sick, one of the sickest I've ever been was uh, off of that. And then, you, you know, you see like the mold spores and that. And so I think uh, a lot of times it's real easy to be like, oh, this just must be COVID. Well, it's negative. Now you don't know what it is. Now it's just a health issue. What's going on? And the problem is, is if you go get your blood work done, which is, is a great opportunity to start. But what are you comparing it to? You uh-huh, don't have any. Good note. So that was my whole deal. Like that's always been the game plan with Dr. Tom and the reason that I've worked with him for all these years is the trends over time. Uh, Like it was interesting when we were talking about fasted blood glucose earlier, uh, I've always been a little bit higher in the mornings. I've always been around 90, 100. Um, And so we've always just kind of like, oh, you know, this isn't an issue. I did a glucose tolerance test years ago and it was fine. But it's been kind of like something that's kind of weighed on me a little bit. So I got the constant glucose meter and strapped it on and i've been looking at it and like there's times like most of the day especially at night i'm like in the 70s and 80s 
And then for some reason, I kind of peak at a certain point, and then all of a sudden it comes back down. So my A1C was low, but yet my fasted blood glucose in the morning is high. So uh, there's a whole deal with variability and flexibility within that. So, I mean, it's just interesting information to have access to. Mm -hmm. The problem is, what do you do with that information? Right. Oh, so yeah. like, okay, so there's some things we know, uh, um, you know, we're just look at blood glucose, like uh, alpha lipoic acid, berberine. I mean, there's some things that you can take when you eat to kind of lower it. There's, uh, you know, aerobic work. I mean, you can use non-immediate glucose uptake, which would be, you know, aerobic work to drop it down. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of little tricks in terms of managing blood sugar, which I mm -hmm. think are pretty fascinating. But those are things that you can make in real time. The issue, and we've run into this for years, I mean, within the block one network, I get, you know, people hit us with this question or within, you know, this own hotline or emails or whatnot is, um, I went your to my skin doctor. routine. <laughs> so I get DM'd at least once a week for people to ask me about my skin routine. Here's my, here's my link to, you know, use my affiliation code. Right. Um, that's along with the beard oil. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, a, yeah, we're going to promote our own beard oil Everybody next. Everybody keeps asking me. Everybody's slipping into my DMs. But the one thing that they do is people are like, hey, I have low testosterone. Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor, they ran a panel, and they tell me I have low T. And so my next question is, all right, what does everything else look like? What does your sex globulin binding hormone look like? What is uh, the free testosterone, total testosterone? What's estradiol? What's estrogen? Um, you know, what's luteinizing hormone look like? I mean, what does everything else look like? And, you know, what's your cholesterol? What's, uh, you know, your good cholesterol, bad cholesterol? What does blood serum cholesterol look like? Uh, there's all of these questions that you had. The problem is, is that they're just making evaluation off of one number. And the problem is you can skew your testosterone levels very, very easily. If you were to have big night out drinking and three or four hours of sleep, your testosterone levels would be tanked. So guys that want to take testosterone that are healthy... What they do is they go to the doctor after tanking, standing up all night drinking, going to the whole deal. They go the next day, testosterone's in the toilet, and then all of a sudden they got low T and the doctor prescribes it. But there's other things more than just testosterone. Total testosterone is not a good deal because what we're really interested in is the free testosterone, the stuff that's available to bind to receptor sites. So, I mean, like there's an issue where you go and people just do a basic, you know, testosterone hormone panel, and it might not come back and give you the values that are necessarily useful. So... Um, you know, you get painted a picture, not the whole picture. Um, but then let's say you've always had low T. What if now all of a sudden you had 40, like, oh, I got low T. Well, what did it look like when you were 20? What did it look like when, it, when you were 30? Now you can see trends over time. And as long as everything is staying where you're going, uh, where you're looking for, um, you know, like, uh, you know, what does your body fat look like? What's your training look like? Um, you know, how many days are you getting to the gym? Are you recovering? Are you sleeping? Um, we've had, I've had a few or two clients that we figured out they had sleep apnea because their fasted blood glucose was so high. So they were, uh, having sleep apnea, their, sh their sleep was awful. Cortisol was high, having a bunch of issues. Fasted blood glucose was through the roof. They thought they were diabetic and actually it was, uh, uh, uh sleep apnea and mm -hmm. got fixed with a CPAP. So, but that's an experience thing where now they'd look and be like, okay, uh, this guy doesn't have any of these other diabetic markers. Why is this one the issue? You know, his A1C is fine. You know, it's, uh, I think it's less than 5.7. Uh, you know, you're non-diabetic, anything over. But these guys had healthy A1Cs, but had high facet blood glucose. It was uh, due to sleep apnea and CPAP was, was the solution. So what I'm saying is it, the cheapest solution 
is not going to get you the information that you're looking for. So what I like to do is it's cost-benefit analysis. How much information do you want? How much do you get access? And what's it worth to you? And for me, with this type of stuff, I would rather cut out other ways. Like, hey, I would rather uh, you know make a vacation out of going out to Arizona and seeing Dr. Tom and staying out there than you know making some other trips or uh, you know whatever it looks like. I mean, so I think at least for me. There's certain non-negotiables, like I don't eat cheap food, I don't deal with cheap tires, and I don't cheap out on blood work, and I'm not looking for the best deal. I want to be, I want to find the best information and find people that can actually interpret that information. Because, okay, so you, you get this blood work, now you're going to have to pay somebody to interpret it. Who's the individual that you're going to? And that's not going to be cheap. And if they are, they're probably not good. So right. there's, uh, you know, and then, I mean, you can pay for my consult, but I'm not cheap. And at the end of the day... Um, you know, to really sit with a professional that knows what they're able to do, explain it to you, and then give you a strategy on how to fix what they see, that's a whole different realm. There is a John Wooden variation of the quote I was thinking of, and we could replace time for money, but if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it again? Mm. That's, uh, I mean, we, we see that all the time working on cars. You know, there's the, the cheap and easy and then there's like the harder, more expensive, or just the right way to do stuff. And the very, very rarely is the cheap and easy way the right way to do stuff. Can and that be with strength training and coaching as well? Well, I mean, um, you know, the so because power athletes training programs are based off of kind of a volume play, we were able to scale this thing in such a way we're able to actually do pretty well off of selling world-class programs at a reduced price point. Um, now, without a volume play, uh, we're not able to extend that level. And I think the problem is, is that when you bring people in on that type of price point, and then you know that's what they're used to paying, and then all of a sudden they see a you know few hundred dollars on a console. Well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm I entered the the funnel on a twenty-seven dollar price point. Um, well, the reason that $27 price point is, is because there's thousands of other people paying $27. If it was just you and a few other people, it'd be 500 or $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, you know, coming from CrossFit Football, which was a tree, uh, free training program, and then when we started Field Strong on WordPress, you know, it was an easy sell for 20 bucks, and then we went to $27 with all the connectivity, which should be dramatically more expensive, but like I said, there's thousands of people following it, so it allows us to be able to you know lower the price point to a point where it's affordable the problem that you're going to get into with something like blood work and consults there's no real way to scale that for i mean i guess there's some ai's probably out there i'm sure there's uh, a couple different companies uh what was that woman i'm reading about that just scammed all these people out of oh, yeah. billions of dollars um, yeah, that was she, blood work yeah so Chief. so what she was doing was she was saying that she could run all these panels off of like a drop of blood and so it was uh, her yeah. name. Um, and she scammed the, like the uh, smartest people in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So her name was Elizabeth Holmes. That's it. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, she got, dude, they, the security, like the um, FCC uh, exchange commissions went after her. It was called Theranos was oh. the name of her company. And she had all this, you know. Uh, she started to believe her own lie. Well, she she said that she had this like uh, unique technology that allowed them to do run all of this off of just a, a drop of blood, and she built millions of dollars from people. Uh, it was pretty actually amazing. So, so these, but yeah. th that's an option for our 
call her, right? So she got two <laughs> counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and nine counts of wire fraud, dude. She. I'm sure she did much worse. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what was the valuation? So to start, I blood thought to, it was a bill, like a billion. Or something. Yeah. So she did. So she dropped out of Stanford in 19 to start blood testing, start up the Ranos, and the company grew to a valuation of $9 billion. So she, if convicted, she could face up to 20 years in prison because she just basically bilked people. So she, uh, Theranos was a revolutionary idea thought up by a woman hailed as a genius. Um, youngest self, female self-made billionaire. I mean, pretty amazing. So, I mean, she had this technology, and it was just a big fucking paper scheme. Um, Fugazi. Yeah, but so here, here's the issue. And, and I know there are a few companies out there. Um, I'm not as current on them because I just never dealt with them. But I know like various CrossFitters kind of push these different kind of blood testing deals where they go in and you can get like the rich froning panel. And then they, you know, and, and then they have some AI that allows you to, uh, to, you know, do some analysis. The problem is there's limitations in that because you're assuming that everybody's got the same. But I don't know enough about them. I've just always... Uh, you know, every year when I go to Tom, my deal is like, Hey, like, uh, you know, what's, what's the best technology out there right now? What are you guys working with? And Tom's always on the cutting edge. So he's like, Hey, uh, last time we went in this vibrant America, this vibrant America panel is like nothing we've ever seen. Like this is the one you need to run. So, uh, that was the one we ran and the information was just like amazing just for, just for the peace of mind to think. Here's something I might have been worried about. This is a non-factor. Great. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, a year from now, let's say you get it done. Then there's uh, you know technology where now they can start overlaying this stuff. And I think that was what was cool with Tom is Tom has technology where he can load all of my blood work and then show me like, you know, basically it looks like graphs over time. Like, hey, this is what this one, this is what mar this marker looked like. This is what this marker looked like. And we can see a trend over history over 20 years. So that to me is worth a piece of mind. But if you need basic blood work, we have talktomejohnny.com backslash blood work where it'll list. But mm -hmm. now you have to go to the doctor and ask for this. And there's a good chance that the doctor might not prescribe it, which we had run-ins with various clients who went in and said, hey, this is what I want to get done. And the doctor's like, I don't see anything within, uh, you know, within your history. There's no pathology to justify this stuff. So therefore, insurance isn't going to cover it. Yeah. So now you're going to have to pay out of pocket and now you're in a situation where it's just, and then the doctor isn't necessarily going to be able to evaluate the blood work into a holistic way. Cause that's just not their wheelhouse. You know, the doctors are trained in pharmacology, which means like, Oh, you got high cholesterol. Great. Let me give you a pill. You got low T here's a cream instead of using some really heady strategies with supplements, training, you know, recovery and finding other third part or kind of, uh, I guess you could say like, third order type stuff like uh, high fasted blood glucose and then figuring out that sleep apnea was causing it a CPAP and we end up putting those guys in sleep studies so I mean there's little things like that if these are issues this is the next step and hopefully we can evaluate it in interesting ways I'll be sure to include that article yeah. in the show notes but uh, like our remote coaching um, so we're getting mm -hmm. ready to launch this huge remote coaching initiative so obviously we provide training programs and uh, we do some one-off coaching but for the last geez, six, seven, eight months, we've been offline testing different private training, kind of uh, Zoom remote coaching experiences with um, you know people on Bedrock, on Grindstone, on uh, Jack on Field, Street. Strain, Field Strong and Jack Street, uh, individuals that are coming with us just that want to be the best version of themselves and they need a coach to get them there. 
So we've been testing that offline and we're getting ready to launch that on Power Athlete HQ. And it pairs up perfectly because we have this massive uh, amount of badass block one coaches that have been through our methodology that are following these training programs that we can effectively pair up people in the Power Athlete programs to allow them to take their training to the next level. Mm -hmm. And it's always been uh, the single greatest variable on our training programs is application, right? Oh, big time. Like the best plan executed poorly is not nearly as good as the worst plan executed, uh, executed well. So if we write the the greatest training program and we're able to you know figure out all these uh, different variables and get people to do this this and this, but the application the execution isn't there, then we have to look and say how do we fix this? How do we shore this up? And that's really been this remote coaching deal where mm-hmm. individuals and because we we see a ton of the training. I mean people well, post videos. That's that's exactly it. And we've we were actually just talking about the evolution of the experience provided on Power Athlete through Train Heroic and the. Uh, the coaching notes that are written in there, that's our attempt to really dive and empower your application and execution. Now with this opportunity of live coaching, remote coaching provides, is now it's not just posting your videos and getting feedback, it's intra-workout supplementation of coaching. That also guides sets, reps, if we're talking about max reps, putting you in a position, cueing you, directing you for more. Yep. If it's guiding the the weights, hey, that was that was a fast set. Let's go ahead and add ten pounds this next time. I got your clock. We're going to rest two minutes, and in that time, we're going to execute a Spider Man rotation, and then focus on breath, then get back under the barbell. So, providing movement solutions, breath coaching, weight guidance, application, and then the dynamic expression, empowering your performance live while you're training, and. Awesome experience that you'll be will be sure to more uh, explain better, show you versus just telling you right now. But and uh, got some testimonials from those guinea pig athletes. Uh, The thing which is so cool, and uh, this has kind of always been a point of contention. I think when you get to the point where it's like, hey, here's a custom, you know, here's a program I'm going to do, and I'm going to coach you. I think that that something gets lost because there's two hats. Uh, If people are following power athlete programs, they can purchase coaching and have those individuals coach them in those programs. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to go do something unique. They don't have to do something special. What they're doing is they're using the coach as a resource to increase the efficacy of the training program that they're subscribed to. Now Mm -hmm. there's going to be different issues that individuals, everybody's going to run into and there's fixes within our, you know, paradigm and blueprint of athleticism that we know how to fix this stuff. If you're getting into this situation, we have this, this, and this correction, but you're still using the training. So, you know, and, and I'm not looking at this as like a permanent solution for somebody. I'm looking at this as like, Hey, I need to buff and shine. I need to increase like, uh, you know, I need some eyes on me to allow me to do better. I can continue to follow my training program. I can drop this coach in. I can set up some zoom calls and get this remote coaching feature set up so that I can effectively take what I'm doing to the next level opposed mm-hmm. from, you know, this, uh, three day, you know, Hey, I've, I, I recorded it. Now I'm loading it to YouTube. Now I'm loading it to train heroic. Now I'm getting some coaching in this because what we found is that the real time coaching, like I can fix things so much quicker opposed from like seeing it like a day later, giving somebody feedback, having them go and do it and refilm it. No, no, no. We want to drop right in. We want to fix the person. We want to get you, you know, put in, 
the right direction and going 100 miles an hour and then step away, let you do it, continue to train and then come back in. And I really think that at least the way it makes sense to me, that model is really the missing piece for this. Like there's, you know, there's a ton of people following the training programs and we have designed training programs based on every archetype, mm-hmm. you know, which that we've set up and a huge board where you kind of go through and you create these different archetypes and these programs fit. I mean, you know, we have, uh, you know, icon skulls that match each personality. I mean, there's a lot more, uh, I guess you could say like uh, granular thinking associated with the stuff than just some fucking icons and some names. Oh yeah. Um, but the individuals that come, I want them to have the greatest experience possible. Uh, I want them to get into a world-class training program. I want them to have world best technology. And I really think what we're offering through, you know, trainer Oak is our partner is better than anything else. And just the quality of what we're doing is so much better than it was a couple years ago. I, I go back and look at some of the old programs and I'm like, fuck, we're doing such better shit. So with that, we want the athletes to be able to take it up a notch. Mm-hmm. And I really think this remote coaching uh, deal is as cool a one as I've seen. Um, you know, and I know people do it, you know, sign you up for your coach and it's just kind of similar deal. But I think the way that we're doing it with Train Heroic and kind of being able to have people following training programs and then be able to supplement a coach to coach them in that training program. You know, it's kind of like uh, I got to drive on the freeway and all of a sudden I get to sit next to a race car driver who coaches me through, you know, driving as fast as I can on, you know, on the 405. What's that worth to you? He's not taking me out to the racetrack. Yeah. And he, I mean, essentially put you in a better position to be a great driver and then set you free. Yep. So like you mentioned, it's not a permanent solution. Let's find out where your plateau is or where you are not moving well or feeling something you shouldn't feel put you in the best position to empower your performance. Yeah. So, um, I mean, performance is such a big word. I mean, uh, we think about like, okay, Hey, like, you know, you have a plan, right? Whether it be your training plan. Now you have a situation where now we have execution of the training plan. So now I'm going to have, uh, you know, a bunch of badass coaches helping you execute to the highest amount of ability. Um, you know, nutrition, we have uh, some badass nutrition ninjas that like, you know, get people shredded and do some amazing stuff. You know, as I go through every week with those guys, I'm like, I'm always amazed at how well they do. And it's not that they're doing anything amazing other than just providing consistency and leading people on the path of just like headed down. Like we said, consistency, you know, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. I'm going to keep you honest. And people end up hitting their goals. And I think the reason that most people fail on their body composition or really on their, you know, on their goals with nutrition is because they don't give it enough time with consistency. Like, hey, we're going to follow this plan for 12 weeks. We're going to make little tweaks, but the mission is still the same. And so I think with, you know, nutrition, I think with training programs, with, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, a plan. And then they, you know, the third piece is what's going on inside. You know, what are the variables that I can't see? And that's where the blood work really fits in and being able to sit down and have world-class training and, and, uh, you know, get some blood work done and, you know, get the information you need so you can effectively make some tweaks so that you're not, you know, sitting there at 50 years old with a prostate the size of a grapefruit wondering, oh shit, am I going to see my kids graduate from college? And I think that's the issue, man. Like, uh, you know, why are we doing this stuff? I mean, we talked yesterday with Kelly on the podcast, um, you know, why do people train? What's the, what's the end state? And it's durability. Like, 
I want to be durable enough to live the life that I want, the active life I want. Kelly's like, hey, we love mountain biking. So why does he train? He trains so that he's durable enough to go out and mountain bike and do what he wants to do. And, and that's really the greatest expression of this. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, the, the gym is the gym and the gym is, a, is our lab and it's his training and it's a lot of fun and we enjoy it. But at the end of the day, the training has to make me resilient and durable so that I can go out and do the things I need to do. And if it doesn't, then we got to look and change the training. And if you're getting hurt a ton, then you know what? That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Now that is, yeah, one hundred percent. That's my pet peeve. You should never get hurt during dude, the training. The amount of people that post some form of like on Hammer, for example, because we have a dedicated sprint template and run template. The amount of people like pulling hamstrings. I'm like, I like honestly at that point. Uh, my next thing is I pull the hamstring. Great, I'm going to kick you over Zach Nagel, and he's going to coach you. Uh, you know, this is your remote coach. You're going to set this up and we're going to work on technique. We're going to work on all this stuff because we post all the videos. But at the end of the day, you just need somebody to give you real world feedback on your sprint technique. You know, I can say change mm-hmm. in horizon and you know what I'm talking about, but they don't. All of a sudden that head lifts, the chest goes back, they arch the back and they start reaching and pulling. Next thing they pull a hamstring. But yet we've seen that for years at the seminar. Oh, yeah. You remember watching banded resisted runs, watching people all of a sudden reach and pull and you know, all of a sudden horizon changes. Try to tackle them because it'll hurt less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, we've seen it for years. So uh, it's not necessarily I think. I don't want to be passive in this. I know because, uh, you know, history and experience has taught me this, that, you know, if you want to go fast, I think you can go by yourself. If you want to go far, you got to have people around you and you got to have a good support staff. You got to have a good plan like we have on the training programs. You got to have support and people that are watching you and helping you guide you, whether, you know, that be remote coaching uh, you know, you got to have somebody that helps you with your nutrition and whether you're reading Rob Wolf's book or, you know, dealing with a, a million different other people on nutrition or reaching out to the power athlete nutrition crew and having those guys take you on the journey. As long as you have a plan and somebody that's keeping you consistent, we're going to get where we want to go. And then the last piece is getting signed up and, you know, finding somebody who is your nutrition or, uh, your, you know, health guy. I mean, somebody like, uh, Tom Inkledon, who regardless of what comes up, I can call Dr. Tom. And he could be like, hold on, let me pull up your blood work and be able to kind of give me some ideas. Or when you get the blood work done, hey, here's something we got to look at. Um, you know, like uh, we were talking with Derek Woodsky about, um, you know, certain genetic types not methylating B vitamins. So historically, I'm always low in B vitamins. So I supplement the shit out of B vitamins. The issue was I was never really focused on like, okay, there's B3, which is niacin, which I take before bed. Uh, there's certain other B vitamins I take in the morning. I found that if I take them at certain times, but the only way I would know that is by having a strategy and then implementing the strategy and then seeing if I have higher amounts of B vitamins, mm-hmm. you know, in the blood. So, but that comes with some micronutrient testing too. So, and then is it an issue where now I have inflammation within the gut that's binding up receptor sites and this is an issue. So, I mean, there's a million different of these cascading effects. The problem is you have to see the whole picture and you have to have somebody sharp enough where this isn't their fucking first rodeo. And, um, so, uh, it's kind of like tires, man. You get what you pay for. When are you going to get some new tires for your truck? You got them coming, don't you? Uh, I what, got them. I just got to put them on. What kind of tires do you get for that thing? Uh, Toyo. Ooh, uh, now you're talking my language. I do like yeah. Toyos. Uh, open country MT. Nice. 17 inch. That's what's on the tan truck. Yeah. Same yeah. ones. Those right. Just nice. not as big. No, those are forties. You got 37s, Yeah. but we'd have to cut your fenders way too much for forties. We could do it though. I got a sawzall. 
No, I'm out. <laughs> uh, asked and answered, I feel, put you in a position, then uh, lots of one-liners take away, my friend. Yep. So Thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. And if you're interested in that hotline, remember, 929-464-464. Zero. 929-ing-ing. Zero. Yeah, just reach out, leave us a message. We'll be more than happy to ask and answer. And thank you so much for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast of strength and conditioning. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!